I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Your Favorite Film is Trash, podcast where we take your favorite film, we dismantle them from top to bottom, take them apart, flip them over, tell you exactly what's wrong with them, why they're trash, why they're terrible. My name is Eric Truman. I'm joined by my main man, Young Eggs. Eggs, what's up to the people, man? That was a very good description, man, of the show. Of our mission thank you, statement. thank you. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's John, a.k.a. Eggs. Uh, Eric, how you doing? I'm good, man. What about you? Doing great, man. Uh, never better. Uh, so, we're going to talk about a movie today, no? We are. Which movie is that, pal? Oh, it's a very trash movie. It's called Boomerang. Recorded in Houston, Texas by 10 Clock Productions. Released in 1992, uh, starring uh, the incomparable Eddie Murphy. So brief synopsis of Boomerang, uh, we are following... Marcus, Marcus Graham, who is a successful ad executive at, you know, some big fancy corporation. Big black ads, of course. Big black ads, you know. Uh, He is basically a playboy. He sleeps with tons of women. Uh, He's living the dream. And one day he meets his new boss, uh, who is played by Robin Givens. She seduces him uses him, abuses him, and casts him out like a pair of dirty draws. Um, Marcus, the guy who never catches feelings, catches feelings for her. Um, And so one day he realizes that he's never going to fall in love with her, so he falls in love with her assistant, who's played by Halle Berry. Uh, I agree. They kind of fall (laughs) in love. Uh, Of course, Marcus messes it up. Uh, In the end, he still gets the girl... So I'm not sure what he learned, but that's the movie, and it sucks. So, you know, I'm not sure there's anything to be learned. All right, so first off, uh, the movie, Marcus's Love Life, is basically built around feet. He's a foot fetishizer, and we're not here to kink shame. No kink shaming. We here as your favorite film is trash. Um, You know, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. We're pro kinky. That's how we feel here. We are. We certainly are. But you cannot base your entire romantic life around feet. And that's exactly what this, what our protagonist, what our hero does. 
You see in the uh, first act, there's a young, attractive woman walking down the street with her dog. And Marcus jumps through hoops to seduce this woman, uh, get her number, take her on a date. And he, he buys he a leash. Her. He buys a leash. He buys a leash. Stranger for $20. He spends money. He spends money on, on, on the, the pursuit of this young lady. And after all that, the deal breaker is she has less than ideal feet. I find that troubling. He's no hero of mine. No, he's uh, he's he's obviously uh, objectifying her down to her feet. Now, I, I'm not sure what Marcus is thinking. Maybe he wants to date a pair of feet. But that's not but that's not something I'm going to look up to. There's actually I mean, there's it, actually a line in that move in the uh, in the scene where they're talking about her feet, and Martin Lawrence goes, "Well, you're not gonna fuck her feet." And I, I just had to think for a second. I was like, maybe maybe he was going to. You know, maybe that's maybe that's just one of his things. You never know. Maybe that's why you can't kink shame. That's why you can't. But um, you also can't discriminate. We don't know her heart. We don't know her dreams, her aspirations. She's so much more than a pair of uh, bunion-riddled feet. She's an, she's I think an we animal lover. She is. She has she so much empathy in her well. heart. She seems to have a nice apartment, nice clothes. What does she do for a living? You know? Right. I feel like that wasn't explained we'll never, enough. I feel like... We'll never, we'll uh, never know, you know? We... we We'll never know. Well, in this day and age of reboots and, you know, connected cinematic universes, uh, the lady in the white coat uh, spinoff movie, it very well could be in the works. It wouldn't shock me. Not at all. And she deserves it. She does. Beyond that, Marcus is just kind of a, he's just kind of a promiscuous man. And I don't know any black men who are that promiscuous. I don't know any black men who are down to just, you know, objectify women like that. I'm not like that. Eric, are you? Oh, no. Certainly not. And another thing is just, where does he find the time? He's supposed to be this bigwig ad executive, and he's also, you know, dating every week, you know, a different woman all the time. And I don't think somebody could balance that kind of love life and that kind of professional life. And it, and it shows. I know. I couldn't. No, sir. But the film is just uh, the workplace environment in the film. Let's talk about it a little bit, because... Uh, like we talked about a little bit before, Lady Eloise, she basically seduces Marcus with a promise that uh, he'll be given a promotion within the company. That, that doesn't sound like proper workplace behavior, if you ask me. Oh, no, that's a human resources violation. Uh, tried, that's like by the book. Also, because it's, there's also a merger that happens, right? Yes. And, uh, so and that's a merger how between... Robin Givens Jacqueline comes into the fold. Right, so Jacqueline is the uh, head of marketing at the other company, which merges and absorbs Lady Eloise. So together, uh, Marcus becomes her subordinate. Uh, Marcus then uh, becomes engaged in a relationship with Jacqueline, which is another HR violation. They don't report that mm -hmm. to, you know. Might I add, after several um, rejections, he continued oh, to yeah. press. He was hounding. He had his dirty, he had his uh, horny cartoon wolf suit on. He certainly did. And he, after... was up. he was howling in the boardroom at that meeting. <laughs> Maybe that was a deleted scene. I just remember him drooling and then jumping across the table and then trying to bite her leg. 
in a double-breasted yeah, suit. In a double-breasted suit. That was a deleted scene. I do remember that. But, I mean, just in general, there's no nobody at their workplace really adheres to any kind of, you know, behavioral standard that is becoming of a major corporation that they work in. They have a beautiful office, but all the women that you see in there are giggling at Marcus when they find out that he's sleeping with Jacqueline. Uh, he's, they've got Stranger uh, in the office rubbing her nasty underwear in some nerd's face. It's it's just yes. it's a it's a very traumatizing workplace. The office environment is akin to uh, one Patrice O'Neill's harassment day idea. Oh yeah. And Marcus, like I said, uh, the way he carries on, he's terrible at his job. After the scene that you just mentioned, where Grace Jones's Strange rubs her uh, used, worn panties in the face of, uh, I guess I don't. I don't know what a perfume scientist his name, is called. So his name is, yeah, we'll his call name him is a perfume Lloyd. scientist. Lloyd, the his perfume scientist. Lloyd. He storms out, and Eddie Murphy proceeds to joke and laugh uh, while this perfume scientist had just essentially been sexually assaulted right under his nose. Uh, he didn't ask if he was okay. There was no paperwork filled out. Uh, it's just a disgusting scene to watch, if you ask me. What do you think Grace Jones' underwear smells like? It's a good, <laughs> it's a good question. It probably smells like a rusted bicycle. <laughs> Just something like full of net, like iron and sweat and German engineering. That's what it smells like to me. <laughs> smells like a Volkswagen. <laughs> hey, you know, I love my I drive a Jetta. You know, I love my Volkswagen. <laughs> I keep it clean, too. But I would, you know, it's just a, it, it's a horrible. It seems like a horrible place to work, though. You've got, uh, oh, not only that, there's, uh, there's Nelson. Nelson is, if you don't remember the movie, Nelson is the, he is the commercial director. So he comes oh, in, yeah. he brings his, he brings his commercial ideas to Marcus, and Marcus either approves or rejects him. Uh, uh, one of the early scenes, Nelson brings in a, a commercial that he shot and it's it's all about uh sexual innuendo it's got women sucking on bananas and licking cherries and and Mm -hmm. goblin ice cream and you know very in a very seductive way um i don't i wouldn't be in the current me too climate it's a very it's a very interesting watch oh yeah absolutely Imagine if Johnny Gill was one of their clients. Oof. Please. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, man. It's it's not a great workplace. It's uh, beyond just the sexual, you know, harassment that's running rampant through their office. Marcus is wearing a hoop earring to work, and I'm sure that that's that would be fine, you know, in some people's workplaces. But it's not a great example to set for your employees. Maybe, maybe, maybe in a black-owned, you know, Fortune 500 company, maybe that's how progressive they are. I would love to be able to wear a hooper earring to work, but I just couldn't do it. I'll never be able to do it. No. The following is brought to you by 10 Clock Productions. Hey, I'm Opes. And I'm Cha. And this is The Chicken Social, a show where we talk about sports, politics, pop culture, and anything else that's happening. Basically, barbershop talk, 
but smart. You can listen to every episode of the, of the Chicken Social on 10 as well as anywhere else that podcasts are sold for the low, low price of free. The Chicken Social at 10 o'clock production. Let's get it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Marcus, in addition to being bad at his job, he's just a he's just a bad friend. In the beginning of the movie, we see him set uh, David Allen Greer up, uh, Gerard, with Halle Berry's Angela, and you know he was doing a favor to a friend, setting him up with somebody he thought he might be compatible with, and later on in the movie, she becomes involved with him after you know after after. The whole Robin Givens, Jacqueline experiment um, went bad. He takes right. he takes her. So now it's like he's gotten bored with with what he wanted. Uh, now he's he's just he's just a bad friend. Right, and let the record show that it's just a little unrealistic. I, we would as black men, we would never steal each other's girlfriend. That's just no. that's out of line. I am enraged, and you could tell that a white man wrote it. He was writing it for the black man's downfall. Oh yeah, without question. And the only, you know, the only one who could see through the jig was Martin Lawrence's Tyler. He was trying to school right. us, hip us to some knowledge the entire film, and we laughed at him. We pointed and laughed, but who's laughing now? Martin Lawrence's right. Tyler. Right. True. That whole that whole spiel he had about the uh, the uh, pool table and the white ball knocking the black ball out off of the table, which is green because it represents the earth. He was definitely on to something there. He was giving us facts. His, his pineal gland was working overtime. And it's crazy how things come back around. No no pun intended. But uh, noted flat earther Kyrie Irving, I'm sure he'd have a lot to say about such, you know, about the theory. I'm sure he'd give some credence to it, you know, as he's an expert in things white and things flat earth. Absolutely. So uh, where I know, I know that uh, Marcus... He was he stole he stole Gerard's girl, but where does the blame fall? Because Gerard is a little bit complicit in this, isn't he? Is he I, not? I agree, um, and I know you had one particular reason why why you why you think he's to blame. Uh, what not was just it? one. I got I got two. I got two. Uh, okay. One. We'll start with his hairline. <laughs> so what's going on with his hairline? Um, I don't know. How else? So I don't know another way to describe it, but I know that 
in the later years of the United States, we were making when we drew the borders of states, we drew them in like squares, like how Colorado is like a square now. Mm-hmm. We just we kind of evolved and learned that hey, straight lines make sense. But in the early days when we they were mapping like Virginia and like you know Delaware and stuff, they were doing stuff with like jagged lines. They were just following, letting the the state's borders go where it was. That's kind of what happened with hairlines, I'm guessing. And Gerard was a less evolved black man, so he just kind of let his hairline go wherever it wanted to go. And I guess that's part of the symbolism. I guess that's what why Angela left Gerard for Marcus. Marcus had a clean lineup. Folks, his flat yeah, top well, was on point. It's definitely a metaphor for how Gerard let things happen to him. Right. For one, for a man to let his hairline form into such a shape. This is someone who doesn't have control on his life, doesn't have control on his affairs. And you see that early on on their first date where he can't even pick a restaurant for dinner. So how could he pick a partner to spend the rest of his life with? That's a very good also, point. Uh, thank you. Also, um, there's no excuse for the way his hairline is because, as you see, Marcus not only has a fresh lineup, but he's he's got a bit of a part going on. Tyler... His lineup is always sharp. So it's not like there wasn't a precedent set for how a man, not just a black man in general, but a black man in this group of friends should carry and keep himself. Other scholars have noted that the uh, history of the lineup that goes in and out in our history, you know, some of us in the 60s had them. They seemed to fall by the wayside in the 70s and 80s, and they made a strong, hearty comeback in the 90s that's persisted to this day. Uh, one black man, Gerard's, uh, Gerard specifically didn't get the, didn't get the memo. He was out there looking like Dred Scott. I laugh later when I Google who that is <laughs> and find out. And then I laugh at the joke. Anyway, he, I think that, uh, also Gerard later, the second, second point where he doesn't deserve Angela, he just kind of gives her up. At the end, I don't know if he you would. I I wouldn't I wouldn't give up Halle Berry that easily, just because you know my friend, like Mac Donner, you know who are you to say, you know that you're in love with another guy? You don't you don't love anybody else until you're done loving me. You know I, he so here's what happens. So Marcus tells Gerard that uh, you know he slept with Angela. You know they have a short feud. But then they meet up together later at Tyler's house for some fried chicken. Um, they hug on a rooftop, and Gerard says, you know what? You can have her. And that's the end of that. I don't know Like I don't know what else. I, I don't know how that makes sense. I don't know why he would be so docile and let him you know, walk all over him like that. But I wouldn't give a pally Berry that easily. Which, which brings me to another point. Some of the movie's more hyper-masculine, misogynistic uh, moments. It's riddled with them, especially early on. I guess as the movie progresses, we're supposed to see our hero, Marcus, evolve into a more compassionate, respectful being. But early on, he and his friends are trash. Martin Lawrence, uh, his character Tyler, refers to women as B-words several times throughout <gasps> the, the early stages of the movie. David Allen Greer, like we just like we just talked about, he says you can have Angela. You, he he 
he gives her to Marcus as if she's her gift. Yeah, he bequeaths her to him, which is completely uh, disgusting, if you ask me. Um, and even the characters in the movie that we're reviewing, where we've pledged not to kink shame, they do it earlier in the movie uh, when speaking about the sex hotline nine uh, six six nine seven dicks. Right. They laugh. True. They they heckle. They don't seem to understand that some people are into different things. And that's just another reason that I have on my list why this film is trash. Watching it now, uh, it's dated, a bit inappropriate. And right, uh, who who is Marcus with his foot obsession to judge? I agree. Great point. Great point. Uh, I have to I have to go back to it because it's such a huge part of the movie. He, it's it's a black movie. It's supposed to be a positive representation of you know prosperous black people. Why does why is Marcus so uninterested in the Bulls versus Knicks game? That's a great question. It's a high, it's Michael Jordan in his prime. He's hyped up. He's in New York City on the in on the, the grand stage in the garden. As a matter of fact, it's it's great that you brought that up because someone of Marcus's stature, he should be courtside at this game, no? True. He should be. He wants to really impress Robin Givens, uh, Jacqueline. He wants to really impress this this woman, and he brings her over for some uh, fettuccine, uh, candle candle lit dinner, which she's not interested at all. She wants to watch the next game. If he really wanted to put the effort in to 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 woo this woman, they would have been courtside at the game, and that's why right. that's why she plays him the way that 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 she does. Mark he tries not to impress her. He tries to impress her with rosemary, like she hasn't gone to restaurants where they have rosemary. What's she's wrong like with him? A, she's she works for like a Fortune 500 company. She's seen Rosemary before. That's that's where we, you know, as black men, we feel disappointed because we don't underestimate our black queens. We know they're a classy, classy group of, of women. We know they have many interests, sports, and to and to and to belittle, you know, Jacqueline into the, into the saying that she's never had Rosemary before. He's a pig. Like I said. That's a damn shame. He's a cishet pig. Let's talk about his uh, Marcus's next door neighbor. I don't know if they ever gave her a name, did they? Um, Maybe in the credits. Probably. But it's not a Marvel movie, so I turned it off. Just, just call her Gina. Yeah, I mean, basically. Yeah, she's Gina. Gina is, next door. Gina is Marcus's next door neighbor. Um... She's basically, you know, I think she slept with Marcus like a long time ago or something. And uh, she just, she's loud and she yells at all of Marcus's dates from the next door. I don't know why he doesn't have blinds up so she can't see into his house. Neither here nor there. But uh, I wonder what she does for a living. And why she's so obsessed with her neighbor. She seems to harass Marcus for a living. Hmm. I wonder if that's one of his kinks. It must be. I think. I think you might be onto something. I, I think he might be bankrolling her. I think he likes it. I think he likes having her close by, because he I mentioned think- the court order, which is a ve- very serious thing. Surely restraining orders don't allow for you to live next door to the person that you're being restrained from. So, I that's think that there's a little bit more looking into. That's a good theory. You know, maybe maybe he does bankroll. 
you know, her harassment. Maybe he does like being harassed. Maybe this whole thing is a ruse. Because he's an getting... elaborate wingman? You know, he gets harassed by everybody in this movie, you know? I'm surprised he gets harassed by Lady Eloise. He gets harassed at work by everybody but Angela, pretty much. And so I wonder if somewhere in, in Marcus's head, he's spending all his money on people to role play as harassers. He does seem to have a lot of disposable income. Absolutely. That's a huge apartment. It is. An apartment with a chain link door, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, wouldn't yeah. a we building like this have a, have a doorman? Where something like it that would wouldn't a, be necessary. It would have a doorman. It would have uh, special bolt locks. It would have yeah. um, security cameras. It, it, I'm, it's a little absurd that he would have a chain link on his door. I agree. That's something you would see at the Carter. Maybe not at you know at an <laughs> upscale penthouse. And lastly, like we mentioned before, the film just completely rewards Marcus's bad behavior at every turn. Like we mentioned before, uh, his advances on Jacqueline, <clears throat> which are rejected several times, eventually end up paying off in a tryst during a business trip. He betrays his friend's trust. He hurts his feelings by romancing Angela. Uh, that relationship is repaired. He cheats on Angela near the end of the movie with Jacqueline. Right. And then he's able to make you know, make amends with his friend for it. And then he still ends up getting the girl too. So it's like, where, where does he learn his lesson? Because he does it at the right. beginning. He kind of does in the middle. And at the end, everything is resolved without having to make any kind of sacrifice. Right. And this is just basic storytelling technique. And it, it's, you have a protagonist who uh, wants something he needs a change to get it, and um, in a way, he needs to change in a way that is likable for us to, you know, stay liking this character. We already like Marcus. Eddie Murphy's character is very likable. He's very funny, very smooth in this movie. Where it goes wrong is that he steals his friend's girlfriend. Now, it, we have to find a way for that to be redeemable, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think telling him, "Hey, man, I'm the I'm the CEO. Just let me have this one." I don't think that is. I I don't like that. I'd say that this is probably Eddie Murphy's least. When you on the surface, of course, yes, fast talking Eddie Murphy is going to get the people going every time. But when you really dig deep, I'd say this is probably his least likable character since Vampire in Brooklyn, and I've literally only seen the poster for that movie, and I don't like that character a lot. So I think. Him, Marcus Graham, and the vampire in Brooklyn. Probably two worst Eddie Murphy characters off top. I, I would agree. Uh, I can't think of one that I, I really... Oh, maybe... Uh, maybe maybe that movie. Maybe that movie where he was... He couldn't talk. And it was like a... It was like if he talked, then some leaves would fall off a tree. And then he would die. A thousand words. Yes. I hate it. Disney's that. a thousand words. Disney's a thousand words. That's a hor- it was a horrible movie. He's done he's had some it, stingers. He uh, 
he has, we can do an entire we can do an entire episode on Eddie Murphy stinkers as for as many classes as the man has. He's had some pretty bad ones. Who, buddy? Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, yuck! But I mean, you gotta you gotta think about it. This character. Why are we supposed to like him? Why are we supposed to be happy that he ended up with Halle Berry? Why is Angela likable? I mean, she can't help who she falls in love with. But mm-hmm. why would she choose to fall in love with, you know, the guy who who's kind of, you know, he's just a romancer who steals other, his friends, not just anybody else, just his friends, girlfriends. He manipulates everyone around him, uh, even even the children from the art class. These are at-risk oh, youth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when he's they should be kids painting and following their dreams, they're in midtown Manhattan helping a serial womanizer and cheater bother a woman at work. This is what we're supposed using, to root for? He's using kids as the, the pawns of Just, pulling some lady's heart, dis- heartstrings. Despicable. It's despicable, you know? And honestly, it's 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 not representative of, of who we are as black men. It, it took us, I don't know how long. When did uh, Birth of a Nation, the original Birth of a Nation come out? Like 19, like 15 or something like that? There was a first one? There was a first one. It was a very racist movie. It came out and it kind of reignited the Ku Klux Klan. And so oh, yes. Okay, was, I'm familiar. Yes. Yeah, that was about almost 100 years ago now, maybe over 100 years ago. And up to na- up to the 1990s, we had made good progress, you know. And I think with this one movie, I think Eddie Murphy erased it all. I think, I'll take I think the that's one fair. I'm willing to agree I with. Think Eddie Mur- I think saying Eddie Murphy starring in one rom-com erased all of the progress we had as black people. That and David Alvarez's hairline. That and, yes, absolutely. But as as with all the films that we tackle here on Your Favorite Film is Trash, it's not all trash. It's not all bad. Um, once again, this is a this is a film with great memeable content, great screen grabs, great quotable oh, yes. lines. Um, specifically, uh, John Pops Witherspoon's scene in the second late second act uh, as Gerard's father. Great performance, a plus performance. Absolutely. You got to coordinate. You got to coordinate. Also, meme ability of this film. Of course, who could forget the classic scene where Marcus is holding the blanket after having his world rocked by Jacqueline. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a really good scene, actually. She put the she put the money on the dresser that she owed him from the. Um, the, the concert that they were going to go to. Yeah. Slick, suave. Absolutely. Uh, another film with a great soundtrack, A plus soundtrack. Oh yeah, it was the coming out party for Tony Braxton. Of course. Yeah, another short haired beauty, not unlike Halle Berry. I think short Another short haired beauty that broke up a group of friends. This being the Dallas Mavericks young core. Oh my goodness. The parallels here are crazy. Yeah, I, I the short hair was in in '92. It was. Yeah, this movie this movie had a lot going for it and you know, I think they 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 fumbled a lot of it. They fumbled they, plenty with this movie, but you know, at the end of the day, it redeemed itself for what it spawned. I agree. 
but don't you think for a second it's not trash. All right, and I think that about does it for this week's uh, episode of Your Favorite Film is Trash. Me and Eggs want to thank you guys for joining us, listening to us, talk badly about this film that paved the way and gave opportunities to many black actors. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Truman underscore. You can find some of the reviews I've written for the Your Film is Trash articles on thechickensocial.com. You can find me on Twitter also at JL Sproul. So that's J L S P R U I L L. You can also find some of the articles that I've also written on the same website. In the same series, no less. Absolutely. Shout out to Obes and Child for putting this all together, and we'll see you guys soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.